Welcome to the Single Wives Podcast, a place to explore ways to both survive and thrive. I'm Terry, And I'm Wendy. And we'll be your hosts. So let's get this conversation going. Welcome back to Everything You See podcast. We are here on season two, episode two. Um, and after a somewhat difficult podcast session last time, um, today we want to look at a particular tool, right, for thriving in the place of pain. We We don't want to just kind of Keep this heady and theoretical, but we want to bring it down and say, okay, here are some tools. So here's the first one. Get that tool bag out, and we will just jump in and talk about identifying needs. I want to bedazzle my tool bag. Oh, nice. I like that. <laughs> shiny. I've never bedazzled. Maybe I need to get there. <laughs> Not for sale on our website, guys. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about needs. We are talking about identifying needs. So what are needs? We're talking about emotional, spiritual, physical, as well as practical needs. Um, Give me some examples of what a practical need might be, Wendy. Well, they would include finances. Yeah. um, Space. You know, uh, what kind of space do I need? Am I surrounded by people in my home all the time? And yes, that's where I'm at. So it came out really easily. Um, not sure what else. What uh, what else is practical? We would love actually to hear from you to let us know what some of those practical needs are. I mean, we can name a bunch and talk about them, but we'd like to hear what is what kind of needs are specific to you. Yeah, that would be great. Um, so why are identifying those needs important? And why are they so gosh darn hard for us to do in the first place? I think that's worth noting as well. I think this goes back to what we discussed in episode one of why you may potentially need some space. If you find yourself just empty all of the time and not really realizing why, or you find yourself just overwhelmed and just on the verge of blank all of the time, but you really can't identify why, it's because you probably haven't done a very good job of identifying what your needs actually are. And it's not just this singular, I need space, right? There's so much that goes into that particular need that is necessary for you to identify, not just, I need a hundred feet space. (laughs) Why do I need a hundred feet space? What does that represent? Why do I feel overwhelmed when that is intruded upon, so forth and so on? So let's talk about uh, some of those needs. So emotionally, what I like to kind of do is grade your needs. You know, where am I at? If I'm talking about my emotional needs, where do I feel on a day to day? I feel like I'm living kind of in the land of a D. Emotionally, I feel like I don't express myself. I feel like others don't care to hear what I have to say. I need to prioritize the emotions of others. I don't have room to have emotions. I don't want to have emotions Those are gross and in the way and just trample on my day. Whatever that is, give yourself a grade of where you're actually at. And then just do what I did, which is kind of identify the reason you're at that grade. So do that with emotional, 
do that with spiritual, do that with physical, and then identify some of your practical needs and see where you're at with those as well. A big one for me is I stink at self-care when it comes to my schedule. Uh, I've got these big, lovely things that I do and I love to serve and I love to do this, but I don't realize until a weekend, oh my gosh, I'm burnt out and I can't serve anyone because I haven't serviced myself over here. So I need to really recognize what is my grade in that and why is it there so that I can identify what do I need to be doing better. And like we talked last time about codependency, mm-hmm. um, it's not easy to recognize it. It's not easy then to step aside and answer that question. So I like your grading scale um, and taking intentional time. Mm-hmm. And my um, recommendation is that you, Terry, could bedazzle a tool bag this week. And we could, <laughs> we're going to post that picture if you ever do. <laughs> um, because it, it, it's things like that, though, yeah. you know, that are playful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an, ah, playful. If you're into Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram 7, which is everything in life is play. Mm. And yet um, I've come to a, an unhealthy place a lot where I, I don't play at all. Yeah. And um, just really trying to get back to that but even doing that and it it really goes along with needing space right what do i do with that space because i think sometimes we can so easily jump into okay i'm set aside setting aside this space and it's for me and when i you know for me it's a coffee shop and so i go to the coffee shop and what do i do i work i write i make the grocery list mm-hmm. i kick myself for not having a grocery plan or meal plan for the week. And I should do that. And I think about my kids and their birthdays and what do I need to do? Oh my goodness. No. Yeah. And I don't even stop for two seconds to smell my mocha, Mm -hmm. to let it go into my mouth and taste it and note, Oh, that is beautiful because that's the kind of thing. Um, that can be playful. It's being present. Yes. It's going out and getting stuck in the for me anyway, going out and getting stuck in the snow and having to dig myself out. Um, I know that could be anxiety producing for some, but for me, that was a very playful weekend <laughs> recently. And um, yeah, so space. Love it. I love that. I actually really love the word that you used, playful. Um, because that makes me think of joy, right? The the word is riddled with this word that we should be always seeking joy. And I think that we can um, really think like, oh, so I'm supposed to just be this like happy robot all of the time. <laughs> and life is so great. No, no <laughs> the book no, of no. James is sure to tell you that life is not so great. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I love the book of James um, because it really talks more, I think, about this word peace. And I had a beautiful discussion with somebody yesterday in what does joy actually mean to you? And the word peace came up. And I think that's really what it is. So that playful, that joyful, that God gave us the five senses. Do you think that was by accident? It's to taste the mocha. It's to feel the snow. You know, it is to experience where you are at right now and how you're doing in that space. You know, let me jump in there because I think... Um, it might be helpful to take a few minutes and come up with your word, mm-hmm. right? 
for you, you speak of peace a lot. That's important to you. Yeah. Play is important to me. It's something I can lose track of very easily, which I I imagine peace can be easy mm-hmm. to lose track of as well. But those are words that have that have joy, mm-hmm. right? They mean joy, but they're also unique to each of us. Yeah. So what, listener, what is your word oh, for joy? Yeah. Please Think about share that. that with us. Oh, yes. You can do that. love your input with that. You know, for me, when I think of peace and when I think of you thinking of play, those are words that get us out of the barricade because I don't experience peace in that barricade Mm -hmm. and you don't get to experience play in that barricade. But when we open that door and we go before God, oh, there it is. What's wonderful is he knows our word. Yes. He knows it. Mm -hmm. And when we go out and to him and we find him, um, he's ready to play with me. (laughs) <laughs> you know, whether it's, you know, dancing in the meadow in the mountains because nobody can see me there or just a breeze through the the grasses. Man, that's so playful to me. Yeah. I love it. What's cool is so Dan Allender, um, he's an author and he has a book called To Be Told, which I really love and I often recommend. Um, and it's just kind of finding your story and going throughout your story. And one of the first chapters you go through is identifying what was your name given to you. Um, by others in the beginning and not just Terry, but that name. So for me, it was unwanted and there are stories that go into that. But then you, by the end of the book, you find what your name really is. And peace is what comes to mind for me. So the cool thing about that journey of finding that name and that word that gets you out of the barricade is I've had to identify needs that I have in order to get to that place of peace. So it's not just to say, I like the word play because it's silly and it's fun. There are needs that are within you personally that need to be met in order to really experience that authentic self of you playful. So that goes back to what we're talking about with identifying needs. In order to really do that, we can start by identifying hurts, right? I don't feel heard. Okay, well, there's a need there. You have a need to be heard. Well, what's st- excuse me, what's stopping you from being heard? What's preventing you from experiencing that? Is it that you're with a partner that stifles that? Is it that you're used to stuffing your emotions and you don't vulnerably share that? What is that? And how can we get to meeting that place of need? Mm, you know, I hear um from well, my adult kids from culture from a lot of places right now. Um, you should speak your truth. Oh, don't should hear, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you speak your truth? <laughs> um, but, you know, and I've kind of, I kind of pushed that aside because I can really default back into a little bit of legalism sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, it's not up to me to determine what's truth. But, you know, and mm-hmm. I think it has some merit at times mm-hmm. because in our relationship, um, I have truth. Yeah, there's truth that God says is true about me. Um, and by and it's so intimately connected to my needs mm-hmm. as well. Uh, you know, God, God knows our needs. He created us with those places within us, mm-hmm. those diamonds that need to be polished. Right, those needs that need need <laughs> to be cared for, and um. 
if I don't speak it, then, I mean, really, I've taken my own choice away. Yes. In a sense. It goes back to what we talked about in our last episode about having autonomy uh, for yourself, really. And so if you don't know what your needs are or you don't know what your voice is and you don't you don't feel appropriate in sharing that, you're not sharing you. And so you're now the one that is stifling you. Are there external factors, you know, contributing to that? Sure. But it is a choice. It is a choice to identify a need and then to practice that. In our next episode, we're going to talk more about how do I appropriately express those needs and boundaries. Um, But here we're talking about how to identify that. So it's identifying, I've got an ouch here. I've got a, you know, I've got a scar here. I've got a wounding here. What is that caused by? That's because I'm, I'm not getting this. One that I often hear about is I have a spiritual need from my partner. Um, I'm spiritually mature, but they're just not on the same playing field as me. And so I don't feel led or encouraged or um, enhanced by them. That can be a really tough one. So what do you do when that happens? When you're in a relationship and you identify, I have a spiritual need to be fed by a partner, but you're not actually receiving that. You have a choice. <laughs> you do. I think bec- part of that, too, is, um, you know, it's it's not up to him, right? We have to resolve again within ourselves that it's not up to him to fill my spiritual needs. Yeah. Is he called by God to love me like Christ loves the church? Yes. Yes. Big yes. <laughs> and I, a big yes. <laughs> Um, I have my callings from God too toward Him, right? Little I yes. Too, <laughs> it's a big yes. Um, but when He doesn't do that, what? Yeah. Right. And that's where you develop that choice of if He is not doing that, but I realize that I am just hungry for this. Are there safe, healthy, appropriate ways for me to be fed by that? Yeah. You don't just stop. Because this person's not meeting your need, right? You find a way to feed yourself. Yes. And, you know, there's a caution there Mm. because there are ways of filling ourselves, meeting those needs, even spiritually, maybe even especially spiritually, that can be very dangerous. Yeah. You know, um, it, it would be very, very easy when if you're in a silent relationship, right? to meet that person at church, Mm -hmm. that man who in your study group or life group, whatever, um, really engages at a deep level spiritually and you get involved in that. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, what do you have? It's an emotional affair. Right, right. um, That can lead to physical affairs. Um, And it's a very natural thing. You know, you're seeking that, but from the wrong places, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So it's turning to God. Yes. And finding it from him directly first. Yes, but not just finding it from him, being satisfied in it from him. I think that's a big difference, too. And please know that if you are in a place where you're in an emotional affair, physical affair, some something like that, because, oh, my goodness, I've, I've landed in this now because I, ha- I have been so hungry for this. We do not judge you for that. You know, we we care and want to pursue you like we discussed last uh, episode as well, wherever you're at. But God is the 
only one that's going to authentically satisfy those needs. It is not from another source when you're already in a committed marriage. So glad you brought that up. Um, We all look to different places and Mm -hmm. we can all find ourselves looking for love in all the wrong places, right? Mm -hmm. To be cheesy about the song, but um, (laughs) we can. And we tend to judge and think, oh, well, if you're in an emotional affair, that's worse than what I am in my barricade. Well, Mm -hmm. no, right? Uh, God is still standing outside saying, come out. Yes. Please come out. Come out and see me because you think you're being filled right now, but you don't have a clue what it's like to come out and be filled and clothed by me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it may take a while. Yes. It absolutely may take a while because it is that perceived area of safety for us. And yet, um, no judgment. We come out when we come out. And God's waiting there, not with the, you know, large fly swatter in the sky (laughs) waiting to whack us, but rather to love us. Embrace us. You know, delight in us. Delight in us. Yeah. And I think too, with that, it's, it's a beautiful thought to know that um, I can be satisfied in him one moment and 10 years down the road, two minutes down the road, feel like I'm not again. It is not just this, all of a sudden I get it and my life is wonderful and I'm completely satisfied and I'm such a good, wonderful person. Right. We are in a fallen world with a lot of hurt and we are choosing to put ourselves in a situation that produces a lot of hurt. It's a lot like our seasons, yeah. right? It yeah. can be a um, a standard season, three, four months, right? Or, you know, I, I don't know where you're at right now, but in Colorado, it's been crazy weather, right? <laughs> Every so day. one day it's spring, one day it's winter blizzard, and one day it's summer, all in the same week. And mm-hmm. I think that's very typical of how it is with our lives. Yeah. Sometimes it's a three-month season where, hey, everything's good, mm-hmm. or everything's really not so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can also be today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to step out. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but for me, I can step out sometimes and feel the vulnerability, turn around and run right back into the barricade. Yes. And that's okay too. Mm-hmm. To me, that's progress. Yes. And if that's where you're at, that's progress. Yes. Right. Because you chose to step out Mm -hmm. and it'll grow. Yes, it'll absolutely grow. And I hope that some of you are experiencing that where you have taken that step and maybe you're not fully there. There's no timeline with any of this. It is you and God on this journey. And we just get to have the opportunity to to delight in you as you take that journey. Um, So identifying those needs, right? If you find yourself in that vulnerable position where I've maybe given my heart inappropriately to this, or it doesn't have to be an affair, it could be food, or, you know, I overly exercise. It's, yeah, the ice <laughs> cream, right? The Rocky Road's got me again. It, it can be any of that. If you find yourself that Cracker Jacks, I have landed in it. Okay, that doesn't mean that you're forever distant from God. That means, God, I have something to come before you with to reconcile with you because you are the one that can fill me. And I see that this feels really good right now. I really like this ice cream in my tummy, (laughs) but you know, I'm not going to like it 20 minutes from now. (laughs) And 
you can give me something that is satisfying and filling when I choose to do that. But it does start with recognizing my belly is yearning for something. What is that? You know, a a thought that comes to my mind is so often we, we think God is waiting outside of the barricade to punish us. No. Um, I had a conversation quite some time ago with someone who felt that way. Mm. It's like, is God punishing me? Is he angry with me? And you know, I've, uh, I don't know that I've thought this completely through or studied it, but what came to my mind was, you know, Christ died to forgive us. Yeah. And if our definition of forgive means, in part anyway, um, that he, he casts our sin, right, as far as the East is from the West. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's, it's gone. How can he punish what he doesn't remember? Right. What he has put out of existence. We come to him and we're like, you know, God, I blew it again. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try. And he's like, yeah, cool. Come back and let's reestablish relationship. Yeah. Because the relationship with him may be a little tense, Mm -hmm. but it's not out of anger or punishment. Mm -hmm. It's just out of distance in the relationship. Right. Because we've been away in the barricade and he's been outside. We walk out, he's there, Mm -hmm. and we get to know each other again, and it is good stuff. Yeah, and again, he will never not pursue you. You know, he's never going to look at you and be so ashamed that he will not hug you. You Mm. are his child, and he does delight in you. So going back to those needs, right, emotional, spiritual, physical, and practical, and being able to give ourselves kind of a grade Um, of where we're at and really identifying, oh, I actually need this and this hasn't been satisfied and oh, I'm discontent here and okay, I can see why. We can maybe start to feel like, well, gosh, aren't I just being selfish? Isn't this just a selfish expectation that I'm going to have all of my needs met all of the time and that all of these people should be capable and willing to give that to me? What's your thought on that, Wendy? Oh, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Uh, (laughs) I hear that a lot. Uh, If I to practice self-care is selfish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not true. Not at all. Um, I, it reminds me of story. So I grew up in rural Tennessee, and I mean rural. We were 12 miles from the nearest town. Um, the closest neighbors um, to where I grew up was a small chicken farm mm. owned by my grandparents, uh, my father's parents. And my grandmother was this little, she was probably five foot two, I don't know, a real small woman with all the stubborn gumption in the world. She was a good woman. Um, But I remember her saying to me as a very young child, Wendy, we, we should always give the shirt off our backs to anyone who needs it. And that sounded so honorable, right? Mm-hmm. But then she would follow that up with, Wendy, we never take any anything from anyone. Ooh, we, we have been taught, most of us, I would say, mm-hmm. um, that it's okay to give. It's not okay to receive. It's okay to help others when they have needs. But my needs should not be a priority at all. Mm -hmm. And there is a fine line there, right? We've talked about codependency Mm -hmm. and um, 
that's kind of what that is, in a sense. It's everyone else's needs are important. I'm responsible for your happiness, for your goodness, everything, and I take nothing in return. And I just I don't get that because, you know, we like to quote um, from from the Bible and say, you know, God says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And we focus on the God part. Mm-hmm. We focus on the neighbor part. Mm-hmm. But underlying that neighbor part is love them as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, he also says our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He speaks to our minds. You know, in Philippians, he talks about how we should, um, whatsoever things are good and true and right and lovely and all of that, we think on those things. He's the one calling us to self-care. Yeah. Right? He's the one that says, meditate on my word night and day. Rest. Um, Yes, rest, play, work, balance. We see it in Jesus' example. I love how, you know, Jesus spent time with people. He worked. But what else did he do? Mm. He went to the mountains. Yes. Gosh, I love that about him. He went to the mountains to be with the Father because he knew his own soul, his body, everything needed that time with Father. Mm-hmm. Um, what what else did he do? He went to weddings mm-hmm. and he played. Yes, yes. He even had a drink or two. Oh, he might have. <laughs> <laughs> now you've done it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah he he had that balance of self care. Yeah, and it was it was not just a if I can fit it in my schedule. It was a regular thing. Yeah, in the mornings you saw him going to the mountains um, when things got. Uh, overwhelming in crowds. He he said, you know, y'all take the boat on over right. across the sea. I am going to go be alone for a little bit. He did it. He made intentional, regular time to take care of himself. Yeah. And he didn't do that because, oh, well, you know, he's God. And so he needed to do that. He did that because he wore flesh. He was Jesus here on earth, flesh and bones like you and I. He did that because it is a necessity to our being and we are Christ like we are designed in his image to need that God rested on the seventh day. God advocates for that in every practical way there is. And so I think, too, with relationship, so often we talk with women who are in these relationships that are just not reciprocal where it's like your grandma, give, 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 never receive, never receive, never receive. If I'm conditioned to truly believe that and do that, how am I truly going to receive from God? Well, yeah, I know he loves me. I believe that. I trust that. Do you? Do you know what that actually feels like? Does that impact your heart to know that you are worthy? You are wanted. You are pursued. You are cherished. Or is that just a word that you say because the Bible tells you to? And when you're standing in the presence of your husband Mm. or family or friends who are demanding and requiring or not, Mm -hmm. and they're silent, Mm -hmm. when we're in those situations, have we cared for ourselves enough that even in those moments, there's this little light within us going, I have Jesus. Yeah, because I've spent time with him and he's in there going, "Mm, I love you no matter what 
they're saying, no matter what they're demanding, even in their silence, I am in you. And you've taken the time to know what that feels like. Right. You know, kind of like that um, came to my mind recently where where he talks about how um, my sheep know my voice. Mm. You know, and, and I remember when my kids are little, they would ask, how does God speak to us? What does that really mean? And, um, you know, I've come to know over the years and learn from experience what God's voice really does sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, his voice is quiet. It's a whisper. Mm-hmm. It's gentle. Mm-hmm. Even when he is convicting us, us of something, even when we have in our own strong will turned away from him, his voice calling us back is still a gentle voice. And that's how I know it's God's. When I'm when I'm in whatever situation and the voice sounds like what well, I think might be God and it's telling me, well, you've blown it now. You need to come back to me. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's you. Right. I really don't think that's you. Mm-hmm. But when I hear that little voice that says, come back, that I know mm-hmm. is his voice. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. My kids personally thank God for those moments when I'm in an argument with them and I'm like, all right, God's telling me to be quiet. Well, thank you, God. <laughs> but there's some peace that comes after that. I love it. <laughs> okay, so I like to talk about relationships, too, in, in three kind of different ways. Um, I, I talk about a bridge relationship, which is you've got your dwelling, they've got their dwelling. We can meet on this bridge. We can meet in my dwelling, can meet in their dwelling. It's healthy. It's free, trusted, safe, loving, good, awesome, wonderful right? Then we have our road relationships. These are going to probably be the majority of your relationships where there are speed bumps, potholes. Sometimes there's a road closure. There's different speeds. There's a speed trap. There's these different elements or necessary boundaries that can ebb and flow and change with time. Um, That's going to be a standard. That's a work relationship. That can be a friendship. That can be your marriage, hopefully. It can be your relationship with your kiddos. That's your normal relationship, as long as we're all kind of respecting that. And when I'm talking about a road closure, maybe you need some time and space, but we can go back to the road too. Uh, Eventually it will be repaired and hopefully opened. Then we have airplane relationships. And that's what we're kind of talking about here today. That's where I'm going to fly over aid. I'm going to drop it off. I'm going to stay in my airplane, take take off and go right back to where I was. There's no relationship. There's no me getting from them. I'm just servicing them. I'm the aid station, right? That's what we want to try and stay out of. We want to be in a reciprocal relationship where we can freely give and we can freely receive. That is what healthy relationships look like. That's a relationship with God. I can freely give myself to him and I can freely receive who he is for me. And yet the reality of our relationships is often airplane mode, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's hard. Yep. Yeah. We go back to the bridge relationship. We find God. But that airplane mode may never change. Right. If it's an unhealthy airplane mode relationship, that is one that we are going to encourage you to create some distance from. That is not a healthy relationship. 
that is truly relational or one that we should be investing a lot into. That's what we're trying to have you identify. My needs aren't being met here. How much am I willing to pour into this? We have an energy meter that we kind of need to monitor. There's 100% of Wendy. And if Wendy gives 100% to dropping off aid and she comes back, there's nothing, she's depleted. There's nothing left to give to Wendy. We have to choose what percentage of us we are giving into relationships. So if we choose to stay in airplane mode, bum, 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 yeah, then our airplane has to land on the bridge a lot. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Because we do choose to stay in the relationship that's like the airplane. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but hopefully we're working towards a relationship that is more like the road relationship, right? Mm. Hopefully we are working where we have a partner who's maybe there's some bumps in the road or a big old speed bump and I took out my front end or whatever. Jeez, I, I went on a date with this fellow and got a flat tire. That happens, but there's at least a willingness and a, a trying. That is what we want in relationship. But if you are finding yourself in this airplane relationship and you're not walking away from it, you're choosing to be in this relationship. Yeah, you've got to go and seek that bridge with God. Um, otherwise, you are depleted. And what is there of you? Mm. And we'll talk more next time, I think, about boundaries. Yes. And that is something that pulls us kind of out of the airplane at times, too, and puts us on the road a bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So even if they're unwilling or unable to live in any way other than air. You know, receiving from us in airplane mode, um, we can set boundaries based on our needs that get us more close to the road. Yeah. Right. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So thanks, Terry, for that. um, Those pictures of different relationships, the bridge, the road, the airplane. Uh, We'll talk more about that. I'm sure we're going to wrap up our episode for today. Um, so today we've talked about that first tool to put in your tool bag, which is coming to a place of identifying your needs, whether they're emotional, physical, spiritual, practical, all of those things. Next time, what we're going to do is talk more about how to use the tool, right? So identifying needs today. Um, but how do you how do you get into actually setting that up and so next time we'll talk more about healthy boundaries and, yes. it, and how to express the needs once we've identified them. Yep. Sound good? Sounds great. See All you then. All right. Thank you for connecting with us for another week. Please continue to check out our resources on our website at singlewives.org and also on our social media platforms. If you find the podcast to be helpful, please share it with others who are also looking for a community. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Until next week.